0: Welcome to the Building Heroes podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 68 of the Building Heroes podcast, and I am excited to have my friend Rachel Fig back on the podcast. So Rachel is a homeschool mom of four, and she is the creator of the Hands-On Homeschool Virtual Co-op, which allows you to get all of your enrichment areas like music, art, STEM, and PE into your day and week easily. So uh, welcome, Rachel. And Rachel, do you want to just introduce yourself quickly and tell your story? Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am... Rachel. And
1: I have been homeschooling since the beginning. Our kids are now uh, 10, 8, 6, and 3. So we've been homeschooling since my oldest was little, since he was in kindergarten, even a little bit before that. And we started homeschooling uh, because of like scheduling needs like my husband's work schedule we wanted to make sure that we had time for family and all of that so we started homeschooling and i really started to homeschool with this like easy sort of very low key low pressure for for my kids and it was really good at first and as we went and got into it i started to feel pressure (laughs) and stuff from other people are you know is is he learning is he is he learning you know fast enough is he on pace all of those like things um creeped in and um started to make me question what i was doing and that's when i really that's when i kind of i felt like i went off the rails and i went and did more harm than good by pushing some some things um to get that performance up you know like that is he performing? And and he's a smart kid. And I don't know why I was worrying. But you know, oldest kids, are, you know, like your oldest, you're always.
0: Over guinea the top pig. One.
1: Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. are poor little guinea pigs, for mm-hmm. sure. So um, I, you know, went through that whole experience. And, and we started to butt heads. And, you know, it was kind of, it was sad. I was I was, like, this wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to homeschool, but this isn't the homeschool that I wanted. And from there, we were I, I was able to figure some things out and get that low pressure, that low, um, just pull in some of this enrichment stuff that, that I love so much, pull that in in a way that made sense and made it more of a lifestyle, um, make learning more of a lifestyle and not like, okay, we're doing school at this time. Okay, now we're going to do play or now we're going to do enrichment or now we're going to do you know i it wasn't separate anymore it all just kind of melded and became part of our day and that's that's probably the biggest um the biggest thing that that happened you know for us to keep us i don't know if we would even still be homeschooling if if we hadn't figured that out because it, it was just so performance heavy and performance based and it just was not Fun. It wasn't fun for me. It wasn't fun for him. And, you know, yeah, maybe he was reaching those um, performance metrics or whatever.
0: But
1: it wasn't. So glad I figured it out because my next when my next kids came along, they learned totally differently and it would have been a complete disaster otherwise. So so that's how we kind of got into homeschooling and how we started um, and kind of what we went through in those first few years before we kind of fi- finally figured it out.
0: And I think that is such a common, common journey for homeschool moms because we go in there and um, you actually did it a little differently because you did a low key at first, but usually what we tend to do is, is the performance based school emulation because that's what we know. But, Mm -hmm. but we, we do have to go through all those challenges to learn what's actually going to work for our family. And then you know, you also brought up, too, how it was a good thing that you figured out to, what, reduce the pressure, loosen up with the first one, because the second one comes along, and you're like, wait, what? So <laughs> totally different. Totally different, so too. So different. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so that's one really great advantage, I think, that homeschool gives us is that we can adapt to our kids' unique needs, because they do all learn differently. So tell us a little bit more about that. How how are they so different? Well,
1: my second child has some he's extremely bright uh, but he does have some like challenges where he's got some sensory issues and auditory processing um issues like that he that we're working through um but we didn't know it at the time and anytime things got hard and frustrating for him he would just run out of the room and just leave and so that was (laughs) whoo you know so we had to figure out what was going on there but he learns totally different. He views everything with pictures in his mind. He's, he's everything is like a cartoon in his mind. I don't even know how to describe it, but he is very, just very, very different in the way he learns. And even the way that I have to set up school for them now, excuse Ah. me, I was, um, you know, with him, being such a perfectionist he has a hard time seeing the um when when there's a big picture there's like a workbook or something i i can't just say okay do we're gonna do one page a day out of this workbook it's very challenging he sees that whole workbook and thinks there's no way i can do that whole workbook um and so i tear out pages and put them into like folders, like just Monday. This is your, this is what we're doing on Monday. This is what we're doing on Tuesday. And my other kids don't need that. My other kids don't have that, you know, that, that need. And so they get the, they have the whole workbook and they're fine with doing just one page or one lesson or, or however it ends up working out. Um, But it's just, it's nice when you can do those things for your kids and you can kind of like mold and shape your their their school experience you know based on what they need and it's just it teaches them i feel like in the long run it teaches them how to kind of advocate for themselves and to know what their needs are so that when they are setting something up for themselves they know okay i have i need to break this down into tiny steps I, i can't see the big picture i need the tiny steps um because like the big picture overwhelms so it's good for me as a parent to know how my kids learn, not only so that I can help them with their school tasks, but help them get set up and prepared for life because it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. If I, um, tell him to clean his room, you know, and he's like, looks, walks in there and it's like everything has exploded in there. It's that's impossible. He, he just can't do it. But if I say, why don't you pick up all of the clothes off of the floor? okay, he can do that. You know, it's like, it's just so, it's their personality and it's how they learn and how they function best. And we can use that when we homeschool, we can really help them get set up for life with that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like, you know, you said that kid sees cartoons in his head all the time. He's just a real visual thinker, right? And a big picture thinker. And so you know, you can see the strengths and weaknesses there and you can help him, but you can also empower him to learn how to do that too. Cause like, you know, one of the skills he's going to have to learn is a big picture is thicker, is how to break it down yeah. into the details. Like, yep. like you're helping him with now, which is so great. Yeah. So, um, with how kids learn, um, and they all learn differently, you know, one thing that, um, I, I, I don't know what you call this, but there's like um, people who've gone through and categorized all the different types of learners. Like you're saying, you know, the visual learners, hands-on learners and all those things too. And, you know, I've definitely, with some of my kids, it's more obvious than in others. Like I have one kid, he was listening to the audiobooks when he was like two. Okay, maybe it was three. But you know, and you're like, wow, you have enough focus for that. <laughs> but that, that he was way an auditory learner. But what I've learned too is that sometimes we have to bring in the other forms of learners too to help them activate their veins because they're their minds. Because if they're only focused on one um, learning, what, what are we saying? One learning vein, I guess, mm-hmm. um, then they kind of get stuck in that. And And they don't learn how to learn the other ways, too. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally
1: agree having lots of different modes of learning is is really important. Okay. So one time, a long time ago, I heard this, I read about how how to vacuum, all right. So how to vacuum your carpet effectively. And the person, I was like, on Pinterest or something, said you had to go over the vac over the spot of um on your floor seven different times, like in seven different wow. paths, like back and forth, side to side, crisscross. You know, in, in order to get that section of the carpet clean. And uh, first of all, I think that's ridiculous. Like I don't have time for that. But <laughs> like, we're not talking about that. vacuuming. We're talking about learning. Yeah. So I think that you know when you are when you present um the same the same idea or connection or concept any any of those things when you're presenting those to your kids and you just say it one time like are they is it going to is that gonna are they gonna learn it are they gonna learn it authentically you know just like you just mention it in passing like maybe some kids will maybe not you know but it's like that Putting it out there in different ways, you know, like vacuuming in the different directions. So it's like you know they they hear it, they see it, they um, experience it, they're doing it, they're watching. They they see something you know random connection out you know in the in the real world that connects to that. Um, maybe you go to a museum and you see something that connects to it. It's not like exactly the same thing, but it's building in those layers and creating a construct for higher higher order thinking and higher those critical thinking skills are like really working to connect everything together and build it up in layers um it's like that um that blooms taxonomy you know like that remember and understand are at the bottom of the pyramid um those are the basic um learning tasks and maybe that's like just like once you learn it for because you read it in your book or you had to do it on your math worksheet you know like you just are learning and remembering these basic skills but then when you go through and you have to use that in a new way and you have to apply it to a new situation okay now we're learning a lot deeper because we are we're using what we've learned we've we're using those tasks or those skills, but now we're applying it to something new. And then as we go up and we're like creating new things or we are really using those skills to showcase what we know, then as the parents, we're like, okay, they have learned that on that deep level. So I think it's really important to have a lot of experiences um, and have a lot of ways of connecting things together even if they don't seem at first like they're going to connect um the brain is like super amazing with how um the the neural pathways all connect to each you know and and everything is layered on top of previous knowledge and even if like you know let's say you're going to watch a movie or something and next school year you're going to hit a historical um event you don't even maybe might even not even realize this yet but next year you're going to do something that you're watching in this movie right now well like your brain somewhere in there is going to connect to that in a year from now it's just so cool like how we can how our knowledge and our understanding of the world around us all these connections that we can make are um you know are there just by other things that aren't just your textbook or a school book or something that, you know, mom has brought in for school, you know? So I think that's important to keep in mind that it's not input output. These aren't little computers. You know, they have, they can bring things in from all around them. And like you were saying, it's important to do uh, if they're auditory, you know, maybe that's the first mode that they get it from uh, and the one that they gather it from best. But reading it is going to be is going to be an important skill to develop and doing, you know, get that kinesthetic learning in there, too. And doing it is going to help to really learn on a more deep, deep level.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, you could listen to a science book and get some information. You could read the science book and and look at pictures and watch videos and then really to cement it, you're going to do the science experiment and learn some things, but hmm, this can't work out like the video or like the science book said. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, so that that can seem overwhelming to homeschool moms, you know, and so sometimes we just and in fact, if we think about it, in the school system, they mostly do worksheets because it's for the ease of the use to administrate it. Sure. It's just easier, but it's only one methodology, and that methodology really is um, um, repetition. I mean, mm-hmm. and and so you know, I think having repetition with concepts in all these different areas is so helpful. So the thing is, when I start thinking about that, it's like, oh, that sounds so overwhelming. You know, how do we make that happen in our homeschools? But what you're just saying about making connections is the beautiful thing. It doesn't have to all coordinate. Because all the knowledge can can connect in some way to yourself or to you.
1: Yeah, we don't have to be the ones that nobody's asking us to, you know, like map out our children's brains and like what they know and how they connected, you know, this art experience, like this art museum experience to everything else they've ever learned. But we can see, we can see little glimpses and little evidence of it and just know that it's happening you know you trust the process you know in this like have a lot of experiences take a lot of uh, trips or do a lot of reading or do a lot of just going outside and just explore and learn and stay curious and the more that you as the homeschool mom do that and model that for your kids and know and present it as important and present it as valuable the more your kids are going to find the value in that and do that more naturally they'll be naturally more curious they will be naturally more inquisitive and that's how they're really going to seek out new knowledge is by being curious and wanting to know and the answers to the all of their questions so you know it's it doesn't it doesn't look pretty necessarily on paper when you have to write out your report for homeschooling like what you've done or or how you you grade things or whatever you have to do you know for your state requirements um you know for homeschooling but if you You know, just can trust that it is that your kids are making connections and if you are encouraging them and and leading them to be curious and inquisitive, that they're going to, they're going to see that and they're going to do that. And then you don't have to worry about them ever again, because they're always going to want to know new things and they're not going to rest until they figure it out, until they learn that thing. And that's true true education. That's
0: true learning. Yeah, totally. I heard about this concept the other day. I mean, I think I knew it before, but it had a name that I didn't know. And it's called Event Horizons, which basically just means that when you look back at your childhood, what are the events that you actually remember from your childhood? And for the most part, it's going to be experiences. And and those things that you do, and they're, they're often gonna be connected with feelings. Now, the feelings could be negative or they could be positive, but I just figure as a homeschool mom, my job is to create experiences for the kids that, that they can have a chance to remember just because they're out of the ordinary and it makes them happy and they're having fun and, and, and they're learning that. And you know, as, as I think back on my childhood, Do I remember doing lots of workbook pages and reading, you know, those thrilling textbooks? Uh, Not so much. (laughs) I do probably remember the frustration I felt though, when I was taking like a history test and having to memorize all these dates, names and places and thinking, why do I even need to know this? It has nothing to do with me. And it's because I wasn't making any connections because I wasn't, during stories, right now, the stories are what helps you make connections in your brain. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. The best history teacher I ever had told stories (laughs) the whole time. It was a it was just a. she, she got up and she's told, she told everything like a story. And I remember so much from her class and learned to love history from her class. And then, um, later on, I had another teacher that was very similar and, oh, he was the best. And I just learned, I learned so much from him as well. And I don't think like for history, you can't just, um, memorize you know, the, there's the, no the connection dates, points. There's no connection. <laughs> but when yeah. it's makes when it's personal and with the great thing about stories is like you can see yourself in the story. Um, and so as they're telling it like a narrative or like a story, you kind of like, mm-hmm. see yourself in it. And and that makes it more memorable and makes you connect it to your life. Like how would I feel if I were in there and you know, you can ask questions as the homeschool parent, you can ask kids questions, but they're asking themselves those questions and feeling that and and going along with that. So uh, even if you don't go back and, and ask them the right questions, you know, to, to see if they were paying attention or to see if they you know, were following along, they are doing it themselves and they're doing it on their own. Yeah, so, for sure. I like that. I I think that's so true. Like making those connections is the is really how we can get kids to learn. Like just know that learning has taken place because those connections are happening. And as long as we're presenting material and have it keeping them um just engaged, you know? Yeah. They're learning. It's it's so fun.
0: And, and that's the tricky part, because, you know, if you start shifting your mindset and think, OK, I want my kids to be engaged in learning and I want I want them to make connections. The hardest part is, is that in our minds, we start thinking, OK. If my kid doesn't make like three connections a day, I might be failing, you know, and, and it's tempting to shift back into this whole checklist idea because uh, in a way, that's kind of, we think, okay, well, we've learned if we can check it off, right? right. But the thing with c- connections is we can create the environment and, and we can ask the questions, but we cannot make the connections happen, you know? So, so what are some of your tips to, to help them, help kids get engaged in learning and get those connections and not yeah, worry yeah. about if they're getting connections, <laughs>
1: Well, Um, I, what I do, and personally in our homeschool, is I use a, I use curriculum as a spine, as a guide, um, and a resource to help me stay on track as far as like a scope and a sequence and moving forward type of a thing. So I use that curriculum that I've, you know, found and kind of curated because I do all sorts of things but um and that's my yeah (laughs) right Um, and that just keeps me on pace and it keeps my kids on pace for um kind of like coming up with a a structure for our day and all of that but I'm less interested in in that and more interested in the connections so I know that you know and like there's other benefits to using a curriculum as well you know you can use that to check off any of those little things, you know, like those performance metrics or, or those um, did, I, did I do things, the requirements of the state, you know, those types of things. But because I keep it just very simple and low pressure and I don't put a – I don't – I use it as a spine. I use it as a tool and not, you know, like that's my school. That's not my my master there that is like I'm having to do that. And if I do it, I didn't do school today. That's just – we're just inching along and moving along with that as kind of like a baseline. And then from there we kind of dive a little bit deeper what am I noticing that my kids are excited about when they're doing those those classes or when we're doing our uh, virtual co-op classes which are like you said at the beginning the music, art, STEM, and PE classes. Those are really good for Um, Because they draw back onto core, on the other, you know, core curriculum type stuff. So art and music a lot of times will kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's like in history or that's like in that book we read. Um, And even we did one on – we did a – a music class on the planets and by um, Gustav Holst and it was like oh the planets and then they started talking about you know then it connected to science and so that's a huge connection. STEM connects very easily to music uh, to um, math and Um, science, you know, and PE is like bringing it all together, like physically, like with, you know, so those doing a lot of enrichment things like those classes and, you know, are really great for doing, for getting those connections. Um, But even doing board games and playing with your, playing those board games can strengthen those connections between the subjects. Um, Doing, having your kids, um, go beyond what is in their curriculum and maybe in like language arts for, or for history doing a play or a puppet show. Now that's not in the curriculum, but, but you know, you can just kind of be like, I wonder if you could do, you know, like a puppet show, like, remember that one time, you know, we have these puppets, could you do a puppet show? Like, or, you know, and kind of like, um, make it ideas. Seem- yes plant ideas <laughs> and make it sneaky yeah. and uh, let them just um you know just go play they kids learn so much through play and we can just be the observer at that point point. and it makes it so much easier when we are you know doing that little bit of um you know like the the performance stuff right like all of the core classes and we're teaching and we're in there and we're doing the math and all of that stuff but then we're going to just just plant those seeds or just say let's play this board game and you know that it's a you know a game that's going to work on the same skill but they don't need to know that they don't need to like you know, need to know, like, we're doing, you know, Yahtzee today because you need work on, you know, <laughs> you know, math. You right? know? <laughs> no, let's just play Yahtzee because it's fun. And, and, you know, but you don't have to tell everybody, you don't have to tell everybody that they're still doing school when they're playing board games or card games or dice games, <laughs> you know, you're just playing. And it's, and it's good for them. It builds your connection with your kids. And that's going to help overall. That's going to help your kids to want to do school and want to be with you because, you know, they're not going to learn if in a disconnected relationship. So your relationship with your kids is paramount to them learning anyway. So you might as well fill that with connect connecting activities that also provide connections to what they're learning. I mean, and that's, I think, what, you know... Um, the whole saying about like learning is life and life is learning like there's no separation between life and learning and when we homeschool we really get to like we really get to do that you know because um, there's no separation unless um, i mean unless you create one which you shouldn't because from my personal experience that is not the way to go <laughs> but um but it's just it's so great when you can just Take easy, easy, little, playful, fun things and connect it. It doesn't have to be extravagant. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be any big thing. It's just what you
0: have and being creative. That's all it is. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love that you made that connection between the fact that in order for kids to be open enough to start making connections, they have to have that connected relationship there first. So (laughs) that's a cool connection. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's so true because when they have the environment where they feel safe to explore and be curious, and it's okay if they mess up and, and mom's still going to love them versus the whole performance-based thing, when, when we get into this performance-based homeschooling, it is tough because mom can get really frustrated when the kid's not performing because mom is feeling like she's not performing. Right. And, and that makes it a lot harder on both of you when you do start butting heads and you do start having that power struggle. So, yeah. I mean, I came to the same conclusion that it's got to be a lot more low pressure. <laughs> We're never going to last <laughs> on the homeschool journey. And, and it, if you take the pressure off and you make it more fun, they're going to learn because that's what they do. Um, yep. so why don't you tell us a little bit more how, you know, when your kids are learning, like, I know you probably got some specific things that you notice and, um, what does it look like?
1: Um, well, okay. So when, for me, it's mostly when I see them playing with their, with their knowledge. They're either, and, and by that, you know, I know as our kids get older, some people, you know, don't think their kids play, but they do. they I mean, and I, I'm sure you know this, having older kids, like the, your kids stay, play, it changes, play changes with, as they age, but that kids play I mean like I don't know for some 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 people never grow up and they play forever and but and that's great um but it changes and and we have to learn to look for the play um and um but I see it a lot of times through play um I'll see them just evidence of what they've learned uh applying it to to new learning so if something new comes up and they rely upon something that they have previously learned i know that that learning before has taken place and then when they're able to you know do those critical thinking um that all of that like comparing and contrasting like when they compare this to something else or like yeah that's like this okay they understand that you know or and that's that connection right it is it's a connection and they're um because and then they're comparing it or they're saying this is like this but this is not and you know all of that um or where they can take uh what they know and then they can come they can create something totally on their own like they're building something or they're designing something um drawing it out you know those are i feel like really good assessments of their learning um where we know and and here's the thing i was thinking about this the other day even like if let's go to math let's just go look at math for a second when you were if you went to a traditional school and you were in school doing math and you didn't understand the problem you hid (laughs) in your seat and hoped the teacher didn't call on you, you know, so you were like, I don't understand this. And, you know, it was on you to figure it out and figure it out before the test or before the teacher called on you. Um, it was, but our kids have us over their shoulder all the time. They can't hide. They can't hide when they don't understand something. They have, they are continuously being assessed we and they don't and so I think they if we have good relationship with our kids they don't feel that as like a pressure but it's there and hopefully they know that if they don't understand something they can just say, I don't understand this. And then we explain it to them. And then that helps them become better problem solvers, you know, throughout life is asking for help because we don't want people to hide when they need help. You know, I, would, I don't want my kids to hide from me when they don't understand something. I want them to ask me and I'll help them. And so I don't think that as homeschool parents, we always realize how much assessing we do just in observing. Even if we're just sitting side-by-side with them with their math, you know, we're assessing, do do they know it or do they not? Okay, they do. Let's move on. Okay, they don't. Let's review it. You know, so it's constant. And so we don't have to wait until a a test. We don't even need tests. I was talking to my son about this today, and he was like, I think he was talking to his neighborhood friends, and he's like, I think we should have a test day. He thinks they sound fun. And he's like, I think we should have a test day. I was like, we don't need a test. I said, I know what I said. The test is for a classroom when there's 20 to 30 kids in there and the teacher needs to quickly know, you know, which students know what. So she knows whether or not she taught her lessons correctly. And if the kids understand it, they can move on. And if they if they all do bad on the test, then they can. The teacher knows that she needs to go back and reteach some things. I said, I do that to you every day. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, so I just don't think they realize that. And I don't think a lot of homeschool parents realize that they're assessing. You are assessing all the time. Uh-huh. Do they know it? Yes. Moving on. They do they know it? No? Okay, we'll go back. And that's assessment. That is assessment.
0: Yeah. And I yeah, I love all of those because really what you're looking for to see how engaged they are and how happy they are. I mean, and play you're so right with that one. I mean, you. I remember watching my youngest daughter when she was real little, like four, playing with her Barbies, and they act out everything because that's how they're creating their own stories in their own heads to make sense of the world. And we 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 found her once, and she was playing Barbies, and apparently we'd been having a lot of these um, political discussions, and because all of her Barbies were named the candidates' names, and <laughs> and she could. The way she was making them act, you could tell which ones we liked and which ones we weren't gonna vote for. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. But that is how they create stories in their heads to make sense of what's going on. They construct meaning Mm -hmm. through play. Yeah, and that's how they're making the connections. Yes. So yeah, I mean it's it's so funny when I think about that, but Yeah, but that's what they do they're always watching you
1: they (laughs) do and i will say i have seen Mm -hmm. high schoolers um playing before you know and doing not the same thing they're not playing with their barbies but they're playing with um like maybe they're playing with younger kids you know and like that's how they play um and and enter that world of play like um and I don't have a specific example because I don't have older kids, um, but like they kind of like enter into that and they bring all of their, um, their knowledge and their experience and their expertise and they want to like show all the little kids. And so they're doing that through play, you know, so even when um, I know like our babysitters do that with our kids, you know, like they bring in their, you know, they're playing with our kids, but they're teaching our kids, but really they're like solidifying what they know too. So it's like, it's that play that changes throughout the years, but they're still doing the same thing. That's creating a construct for meaning in their minds. So I just think it's really neat. I think, I think that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I I think you should let your kid do a test if he wants one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I might make a test for him.
0: (laughs) see how you do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one thing with tests it is for efficiency for the teacher because the teacher can't really know what each individual child knows and doesn't know. Um, but I, and I also think, you know, the other beauty of homeschool is we can go at their own pace. Like what you're saying is, oh, they don't know. this. okay. Let's back up. Oh, they do know this. Let's move forward. Or, oh, if they need a little confidence, we'll go back up and do easy stuff. <laughs> you know, like, they'll get sure, practicing. Um, And I think that's what, you know, I've talked about this probably a lot about Common Core standards. And I know that they're kind of controversial to homeschoolers and probably to people in public school as well. And and I've read them all and I like, these are all good things to learn. The only problem is, is that it puts the pressure on to be performance-based. And when you don't allow kids to go at their own pace, that's when they start losing the curiosity and that's when the lights go out. And I think that's a, probably another really good thing to look for too, is that spark Because you can see mm-hmm. if your kids have that spark and if they're interested or not. Yeah. yeah. And-, and
1: when I see that my kids are losing their spark and, and they're losing that interest, we scale way back. We oh. still, um, I still count the school days because I have a, a an agenda, a day, you know, an agenda for them of what I want them to learn, but I take all the performance stuff out. Everything that's performance is just gone. Um, I'll call it enrichment week. I'll call, I'll be like, we're having an enrichment week. And the kids are like, yay, you know, and so we're, we're doing only things that, and, and we'll pull in extra stuff. We'll just, it's just enrichment. We're reading books. We're watching movies. We are building things. We are doing um, art lessons. We're doing doing music lessons, we are doing, um, board games and we're playing and we're going on nature walks and we're doing, um, puppet shows and all the things that's what we do for our enrichment weeks. And I would say, you know, it's, you know, like to have an enrichment week, every six weeks or so like take six weeks you know and if you start or if you see the sparks you know going out the spark going out and things are starting to fizzle and bad attitudes we've done it for a week we've done it for a month before and um and it's the best way to get out of a funk um in and still do school, you know, and I just call it an enrichment week. And it's just, it's been really helpful just to keep that and to know, you know, all these things we've been talking about learning is still happening. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to, you know, have that mindset. Like we're not doing my curriculum, so I can't count it as school. Yes, you can. Yes, Yes, you you can. can. (laughs) I give you permission to do, to count it as school. It is it's. And so that's so freeing because, um, You know, those textbooks and those workbooks or whatever you're using, those will still be there when you're ready for it. But you're not going to get engaged learners who are really learning authentically if there's no connection between you and them and there's no spark and curiosity and interest for learning.
0: Yeah, for sure. So really, you know, it's that experiential learning that that really just helps them reset, and they're still learning, even if it's not in the curriculum, like you're saying, of the check boxes. Um, so now I had a really good question for you, but forgot what it was. I mean, <laughs> I have to admit, COVID really does give you a little bit of a brain fog. So hopefully that will go away, after, like after you have a baby too, right? <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to thank you actually so much for coming on and sharing these great tips with us and um, helping us just to remember it's okay to reset. It's okay not to have to check off all the boxes because they are learning. And it's okay to take a break from the curriculum sometimes too, because sometimes that's just what your brain needs because you hit a wall and you just got to reset and come back. (laughs) <laughs> and so thank you so much for coming on and why don't you tell us where our audience can find you and it looks like you got a little helper in there which is okay because you know what we are homeschool moms and that what that that's what homeschool moms do <laughs> in fact that's the other connection that I actually this is my question here the other connection that I was going to talk about was um, one that you brought up too, is really that our kids start becoming problem solvers. And as moms, we need to do that too. Instead of looking at the problem and saying, oh, this is too hard. We can't do it. You know, we can start becoming problem solvers and and they can too, because that is like the ultimate in connecting the knowledge because we're using our knowledge to solve our life problems.
1: Absolutely. It's yeah, it's so true. And, and the more that I teach, I, I'm finding like I'm teaching my kids trying to teach my kids to be problem solvers that i the best way for me to do that is to is to talk out how i am solving a problem and just so they see it they see it in action and it's like oh that didn't work okay so now we have a problem so now i need to You know and then i'm
0: like what are my solutions what are my
1: what are my options here Mm -hmm. yeah and i you know i walk them through that verbally just so that they can get used to seeing that you know they're not the only ones with problems like problems are all around us and we have to learn how to solve them so that's one of my my favorite ways to do that is the opposite is just to talk through um what i'm doing and i had a friend um my cousin's friend, my cousin was telling me the story of her friend who homeschools her kids um, and their dryer broke and she brought all the kids in. She's like, we're going to solve this together. We're going to figure this out together. And I was like, that is awesome. Like, that is like, you know, this is a, and even if they don't all stay, stick around for the whole nitty gritty of figuring it out, they know like mom is in there, you know, fixing the dryer. Like we can be problem solvers. I love it. I think it's great.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that totally ties in with the hero's journey too, because that's what we want our kids to do is go on their hero's journey at their pace, but they are going to run into challenges and obstacles and, you know, same for us too, but what are they going to do when they hit it? You know, are they going to just cry? Maybe, you know, but what we can help teach them is that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for questions or ask questions and use your knowledge to figure out how to solve the problem. And, and you definitely know that they're learning when they can start doing that skill. I mean, they're learning before that too, but you know, that that's kind of the progress, the progression we want to go there too.
1: Yeah. And, you can, you can definitely see it then. Like, uh-huh. it's like, Ooh, I know you have learned this. Yeah. You've used sure. this to solve a problem.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So Rachel, I'm going to let you go. Cause I imagine you've got some People who need your attention. <laughs> Why don't you let our audience mm-hmm. know where to find you and tell us more about your program as well, the Hands on Homeschool Virtual Co op?
1: Sure, ah. yeah. I'm at the Hands on Homeschool on Instagram. So if you want to come and you know, send me a message. I'd love to hear from you, but it's at the Hands-On Homeschool. I'm also on Facebook at the Hands-On Homeschool and on uh, my website, thehandsonhomeschool.com. So you can find out all about about what we do and our programs and all of that from really any of those um, platforms. But uh, the Hands-On Homeschool Virtual Co-op is a, a virtual co-op where we have pre-recorded um, library of music art stem and pe classes Uh, the focus of all of the the things that we do and teach are all about making connections and all the things we talked about today making connections um, authentic learning and really keeping things low pressure and not um that performance based learning um which is something that I feel like it's so important for these classes because traditionally, you know, you get music by doing piano lessons or art by doing art, art lessons, you know, and those are more, um, those are more performance based. So it's a way to bring these into your home in a low stress um, participation style of learning rather than being performance based. So, yeah, I would love for everyone to come and check it out. We have um free classes available. If you want to try out free classes, that's the hands on forward slash sneak peek, and you can um, try some free classes.
0: Awesome. I love it. And I love that concept too, because you're making all the classes experiential, not like a lecture video, because you know, your, right. your audience of kids and you know, how much easier does this make it for mom? <laughs> Mom, you don't always fit those in. You know. Yeah.
1: And that's yeah. why we call it a co op. Um, because it is, you know, it's like we are the expert teachers coming into parents' homes and that the parents still get to be the awesome homeschool mom that is, you know, it's not like you're taking them to another teacher because mom doesn't know enough. It's like mom knows enough to get these classes and bring them into the home. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference yeah. there. So um, it's a, it's a cooperation between us and the, and, and the homeschool moms. So um, I don't know. That's kind of a fun thing about it.
0: That yeah. It and unique. that's awesome. Cause I think sometimes as homeschool moms too, we tend to think we have to do it all which is such a lie. We did not have to do everything ourselves. You know, I think it's so great that you have started this co-op that's such a great resource for moms, busy homeschool moms. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. I've loved this. It's been awesome.
0: Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.